underestimate the power of the dark side. If you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny. Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf. And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Hello, good afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's five o'clock. You are live on Radio Karen with myself, Karenza and Kim. And this is Girls on Film. Good afternoon, Kim. Hi, Karenza. How are you going? I am very good. And what have we got in store this afternoon? It's a bumper show. It certainly is. Well, yesterday you and I got along to Jagged Little Pill, uh, theatre production currently uh, at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. I'm uh, also looking at The Unforgivable starring Sandra Bullock. And you are also looking at two other... Uh, yeah, well, I've checked out The White Lotus, which is a show that those um, listeners who have binge, you may not have seen this yet. This is a really great show. And I'm also going to review the fourth and final season of Killing Eve, which is about to drop this month on ABC iView. So there is a lot coming up in today's show, Kim, a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. And I cannot wait for Killing Eve. So you are listening to Girls on Film at Radio Caram. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram in Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Hi, I'm Freddie from Freddie's Kitchen. Let's get behind Radio Karam. Go, Karam. Good afternoon and welcome back to Radio Karam, where you are listening to Girls on Film with Karenza and Kim. Now, as I said before, we were lucky enough to venture down to Exhibition Street to the Comedy Theatre and we saw the film, sorry, the theatre production Jagged Little Pill, starring none other than Natalie Bassingthwaite, also affectionately known as Nat Bass. Now, for those who don't know Nat Bass, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe you don't because she's not only a theatre actress and recently starred in Chess and Chicago right here in Melbourne, she's been a TV presenter where she presented on So You Think You Can Dance and I think she was also, Carenza, a presenter on Changing Rooms, if, uh, if I'm Oh, correct. she's got a pretty impressive resume, Nat Bass. Yeah, look, she's first started out on Neighbours um, on TV. Uh, she was the lead singer of the Rogue Traders and, and they had a smash uh, hit hit and a, a, a number one album throughout Australia uh, and they also broke it internationally as well which was great but Nat went out and did her own solo album too and uh, that 
I didn't know that. I remember her from the Rogue Traders. I had no no idea she had a solo career. But of course, being British, I do recall her in Neighbours playing the character of Izzy. And I think there was a lot of drama there with Dr. Cal. But I know that's not what we're reviewing today. But I'm a big Neighbours fan. It was a big, infamous affair, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, she did have a number one solo album. And uh, she was also a judge on X Factor. So there you go. And she's also, just a little bit of trivia here, she's also about to star in Baz Luhrmann's adaptation of Elvis alongside Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I think she plays Elvis's stepmother. So, yeah, but great cast. Uh, Tim Draxel played her husband, Steve. She plays Mary Jane Healy, affectionately called MJ. Um, Emily Nakomo plays the daughter, Frankie, who's adopted, and there's a bit of a storyline there. Liam Head uh, plays the son. And Grace Mill, oh, my God, as Bella, what a, a superstar she was and one to look out for because she's going to be a star. Um, she, uh, Part of the a major part of the the actual show centered around her, but for me, who stole the show, uh, Karenza? You'd have to agree with me, Maggie McKenna. What a superstar! She was brilliant. I agree. Oh my God, she played Joe, who was the young gay love, I guess, of um, of Nat Bass's character's daughter. Um, and my God, she did a brilliant uh, version. Of you ought to know. That's right. And uh, I've never seen a standing ovation in the middle of a performance before. Can I tell you something, Kim? This is a really interesting piece of trivia. Um, walked into the show like you, knowing nothing about it, mm-hmm. not knowing what to expect, completely blown away by mm-hmm. this piece of musical theatre. And afterwards, I thought, I'd better go and read a little bit about it. Do you know that they actually had to extend the running time of this show because it started in Broadway? Um, and, you know, after it, you know, had this run because that song had such a long standing ovation. They added an extra eight minutes to the running time of the theatrical performance. And that would be about right, I reckon, when we were in there too, because mm-hmm. I've never heard an ovation, a standing ovation in, in the middle of a show for a song um, in the way that that was. And that was electric. It was bone tingling. It was incredible. And she is actually the daughter of none other than our homegrown sweetheart, Gina Riley, from Kath and Kim. Incredible. I know. Isn't that crazy? Following in her mother's footsteps. Oh, she is going to be a superstar, that one, just like her mum. She was, uh, I think she got a break as, as a lead in Muriel's wedding. Okay. Um, yeah, but she totally stole the show. Anyway, so the film was written to Alanis Morissette's uh, cult album, obviously, Jagged Little Pill, which was way back in 1995. Now, here's a bit of trivia for you, Kim. Did you know that Jagged Little Pill still sits in the list of the top 20 albums of all time really yes it doesn't surprise me i've got it on my shelf at home and i cannot get rid of it even though most people have gone to spotify by now i've still got my cd collection and that's one of them so yeah I, and it, it won that album won four grammys at the time well, it's a great so, music soundtrack yeah. to this show yeah look she didn't write it she collaborated on it uh, she was asked to to come in and do it and she agreed only if um if it included some some content that was you know um very powerful absolutely very powerful i'm not going to talk about the actual content. we don't want to give it away but i mean it's a isn't yeah. it? it's quite a it's a very i think yeah. it's a very intense story that you go and watch intense story absolutely the centers around this family it does it does and um, the dancing the singing the acting everything was was magnificent the ensemble cast oh my god they were just incredible loved it look there were several acts that blew my mind in this production including the the scene in reverse i mean Nat Bass did a scene, you know, and then they they replayed it 
in full reversal and it was just something I'd never seen before. It was very clever, very cleverly done. It was amazing. Another incredible scene was performed by Nat and uh, her inner child, which was just haunting. It was devastating and captivating and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. No, I certainly had a few tears, I can tell you. Yeah, look, it was just magnificent. But as Carenza said, it does come with an, uh, a warning due to its adult content. Um, so anyone who has mental health issues or past traumas should possibly come prepared because it is very, very intense. But, Carenza, I'm going to give this out of five stars. I'm going to give it four and a half because yeah. it looked the first the first half was a bit slow, you know, for me taking off. I know we had a talk at, at you know, interval. But um, the second half, I would have given it five stars. So just because of the first, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm going four and a half. Well, for me, I think it was five stars because I think it was a very gritty, um, powerful piece of storytelling that centred mm. around this family, mum and dad and two kids um, and their friendships. And you could actually see, I guess, the journeys of parenting and how the parents are struggling and how the kids yeah. are struggling as well with different things that happen in their lives. And it, you know, it, it tackles some really poignant issues. And there's obviously stuff about addiction in here, um, coming of age, lots and lots Sexual of things that, yeah, that are very incredibly um, thought provoking. And, you know, as I said at the end, it's about engaging people in a conversation mm-hmm. so I think you're right I think it's really important as I said I had no idea what I was walking into you said hey I found I've got a couple of cheapo tickets last minute tickets let's yeah. go and check this one out talking about cheapo tickets um, for those of you who uh, aren't already on last ticks or don't have the app please log on and download it because we got these tickets they're normally I think they were selling for $170 and we got them for $69 as a last minute deal so um, and every seat in the comedy theatre because it's a small theatre is a great seat absolutely it's a wonderful it's a wonderful theatre very very intimate that's that's for sure but um uh, last ticks also have the wedding singer at the moment as well which i believe is at the state theatre in melbourne so get on board download it don't take my seats but um absolutely <laughs> it is a great so we're app. giving this one a good review kim we're actually saying to people if you like alanis morissette the music is magic Absolutely. As you said, the the theatre production itself is um, incredibly um, confronting, compelling. Um, It will make you think, it will make you feel very uncomfortable, I think, at times. But my word, I would go and see it again. Absolutely. And for listeners at home, we have a a number that you can text uh, for any comments or if you just want to say hello to 0493213. Yeah, we'd love to hear from people. And now we are going to play um, an original Alanis Morissette song. Now, this does come with a a language advisory. Um, It is probably the most well-known song um, by Alanis, you ought to know. Um, It was the one, as I said, that got the eight-minute standing ovation. It does have some swearing in it, so don't say we didn't warn you. But you are listening to Radio Karam and Girls on Film with Carenza and Kim this wonderful, beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry 
Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. The goal is to disappear behind our masks as pleasant, interchangeable helpers. It's tropical kabuki. Aloha. A happy beer. We're on our honeymoon. You're such valued guests. Welcome to the White Lotus. Nicole, they're fucking huge. I haven't seen them in a while. It's cancer. Swole balls. Did they biopsy your balls, Doc? Not yet. Surprise! Mom! Am I interrupting? I know it's only your honeymoon. Oh my God, look at her face. Rachel, you were such a beautiful bride, but also very pale. But now you have a little more color and it looks great. You are so talented. Do you really know what you're doing? You think you could have dinner with me at the hotel tonight? Um, I I get off at 7? Yeah, that's good. I mean, like a couple minutes after 7 at the the restaurant. Sounds great. Being a young man, this time right now can't be easy. Why? Because we can't harass girls anymore? No. Well, he thinks I'm an asshole. Were you an asshole? I guess I'm just wondering what um, you might be able to do for us to make us feel better. No, I was actually trying to not be an asshole. That you failed? Where were you? I just walked around. Please enjoy. Linda is the best. You know, make an appointment. If she's not booked with me. Sometimes just watching them eat every night makes me like gouge my eyes out. Belinda! Belinda! What I want is to speak to your boss. <laughs> Fuck this place! I don't think it's the most romantic hotel in Hawaii, do you? It's perfectly fine, but are you finding it very romantic? Okay. It's nice. So, Kim, I have checked out The White Lotus, which is a mini-series over on Binge. Now, this is a really interesting show, actually, and it stars actually one of my favourite actresses, which is why I wanted to go and um, go and see it. Um, so um, it, the story starts, let me just imagine, so you can imagine this beautiful vacation and, and we see through the eyes of different people going on holiday to Hawaii. Sounds mm-hmm. fabulous. But right at the beginning of the show, the first thing you're confronted, because the beginning of the show is actually the end. It's one of those shows that starts with the end and then you rewind back in time. So we see at the beginning of the show um, a coffin being taken onto a plane and it says human remains inside. 
And there are people at the airport and they're talking that there's been a death at the White Lotus Resort. And then we go back seven days and we see the guests arriving at the White Lotus Resort for their um, for their week of holiday. Yeah. Now, it's a bit of a dark comedy is the best way I can describe um, this miniseries. Um, so we get to meet Armand, who um, is an Australian actor, um, played by a brilliant Australian. But Armand um, is, if you like, the boss, I suppose, of the resort. So he's the manager. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting um, on the shoreline for people to arrive because the only way to arrive to this part, this is an island in Hawaii, is via boat. And so he's waiting and he's standing there with um, some of, some of uh, I guess, the staff and they're waving and we get to meet some of his staff. And then we sort of see the, the resort through the eyes of three different groups of people. So we have the Mossbackers. Um, We've got uh, Nicole and Mark. They're married and they have their children, Olivia, daughter Olivia, son Quinn and the best friend Paula. And we get to meet them on the boat. And what's interesting about them is, you know, um, mum has a career, you know, I think we're led to believe that she's something like the boss of something like a Google. Mm -hmm. So she's very powerful and very well to do. Um, Dad is a bit nerdy and you could hear from the trailer as well that he's discovered that a certain part of his appendage, i.e. his Mm -hmm. balls, are suddenly really, really huge in size. And so he's worrying, does he have cancer? The kids don't care um, and his wife thinks he's a bit of a hypochondriac. So... We meet them and, and the, the kids are quite interesting. Um, it's a story of wealth, um, very much it a story is. of wealth and culture um, and race, really, too. So we meet Olivia and Quinn, brother and sister, who love to hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olivia's bought her best friend Paula and a bag full of various different narcotics <laughs> along on this trip with them. And then we meet the newlyweds, Shane and Rachel. They've just got married and they are coming to the island for a honeymoon. And it seems very perfect on the outside. And so the Mossbackers are looking at them going, look at this beautiful couple. But as we start start to get to know Shane and Rachel, we realise that actually things aren't quite as perfect Mm. as you think. So Shane, again, as I said, it's a story of wealth. is very rich and very wealthy. And um, his wife, Rachel, isn't. Um, And she's been um, persuaded to sign a prenup. And the dilemma that she faces is he wants her to live this wonderful life of just holidaying and doing nothing and for her to give up and give away her career. Um, Everything that she's worked really hard for because she's quite a gutsy survivor. So that's their kind of battle. And also to add, I think... um, insult to injury in particular for Shane when they actually arrive at the hotel and they get talking to Armand they find that he's double booked their honeymoon suite Mm -hmm. and in fact they don't get their honeymoon suite it's given to a German couple and Shane is very very unhappy about that and we see that play out um, over the series of their week's stay Mm -hmm. and then we meet Tanya who's played by Jennifer Coolidge who you obviously um, would have heard as well in that trailer Um, now I could describe her character as being incredibly quirky completely out there very, very rich and very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, all the guests were very privileged people, weren't they? Yes, and lots of money, and but also incredibly unlucky in love. And she's come to the island with her mother's ashes, and she's looking to spread her mother's ashes. Mm. And then we meet the staff um, who who work at the White Lotus, and it's the very first thing. And we'll give a little bit away, um, because again, it's very much about class and wealth and race. So we meet um, the staff, and one of the staff members goes into labour. Now, she's gone into labour early and it's her first day at work and she's so afraid to actually say that she's in labour. She ends up giving birth and working the whole day whilst in labour, breaking water. Her water's in the main reception and um, and literally giving birth in the office. But we follow this, this story that interweaves and we sort of discover some of the secrets and the 
the histories of people and as I said at the end there is a murder Mm. Um, there is death on the island and we find out how and who but really the story weaves around as I said um, privilege money and wealth but also poverty yeah look just on that um, Ormond uh, describes the guest as lotus eaters in one of the scenes and that's based on the Greek uh, the ancient Greek mythology of people who ate addictive lotus flowers and what it was said to do was that they would ignore the real world issues in favour of luxuri- luxurious apathy so that's basically where that comes from that's really interesting. So, um, look, I really enjoyed this um, show, Kim. It was, it was definitely, again, I kind of like stuff that's a little bit dark and a bit twisted, and I think it is in places. It's thought-provoking. It's also quite funny. It's, so it's quite a dark comedy, and as it weaves around, you're really not sure who is the person, and it's one of the one of the main cast members, who is the person that dies, and, you know, and you're following yeah. this sort of story all the way, and then you, you get to the end, and it's an, it's an interesting, interesting ending. Yeah, look, I loved it. And um, just a little bit of trivia on this one. The cast were in total lockdown due to, obviously, COVID-19 during the whole production of this um, this show. And they actually stayed in the same hotel where it was filmed and they ate at the same restaurant together every night, just as the characters in the show did. Wow. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is, it is. So look, that's a show on binge. Uh, I binged it. I absolutely binged it in just mm-hmm. a few days. Um, I enjoyed it. I would definitely watch it again and I'm going to give it about a... Give it maybe a four. Yeah. I'd give high scores, but so a four's a pretty good score. I'd give it a four. I would I would definitely watch it again. As I said, it was a bit dark, a bit twisted. It was um some good stuff. It was enjoyable watching. Yeah, and if you're going to watch it, watch it also for Murray Bartlett, who plays Armand, uh, who is the lead character in this. Now, he's actually been nominated for a Golden Globe, and I dare say he'll probably be uh, nominated for many other um, yeah, No, he's awards. the Australian, so we'd hope to he see him be nominated for an actor too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I fell in love with this guy, but I'm with you. I would like to give it four stars now i absolutely loved and this is a, a fantastic it's theme it's theme music is really really quirky and i think it absolutely sums up this show it had a great soundtrack it did so i'm going to play the theme song kimmy uh this is the theme song to uh the white lotus that you can see over on binge You are listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Carom. Uh, that is a really quirky piece of music. Now, today we do have the uh, text line open on 
0493-213-831. And Kim, we've got a couple of texts to um, share. Yeah, look, I just got a text from Heidi who said, I saw Jagged Little Pill last week and cried all the way through it. Great review, girls. Fantastic. And Peter's also sent one through and he said, uh, Jagged Little Pill, not for the faint-hearted, would you believe? Yeah, I don't blame him, absolutely. It's, it's pretty out there. So again, if you want to text us, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the shows that we are reviewing today. Oh nine, sorry, I can't even read, can I, Kimmy? Oh four nine three two one three eight three one, and you are listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Karen. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Karam. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Ruth, phone call. Hello? Hello? You're gonna pay for what you did. I was in prison. I just got out. You lost it for 20 years. For what? Does your release alter the terms of your no contact order? You don't have to give me a speech. I'm looking for Katie. She's my little sister. I raised her. Okay, next time, don't drag me through three bus transfers to tell me something you already know. John, there's a woman in the front yard. Can I help you with something? You're a lawyer. What would Catherine gain by meeting her now? I wonder all the time what she looks like, what she became. Your life starts here now, not 20 years ago. <clears throat> she did her time. She killed somebody in cold blood. What? If that were any of your black sons who had been in this system, they would be dead. She walks around like it never happened. Now you tell me if that's fair. You gotta be a convict wherever I go? No, you're a cop killer everywhere you go. Okay, Ruth, Ruth, just stop saying you're not. I'm good! Don't treat me like I don't exist! Tell her about me! Don't even pretend this is about her! It says I was protecting her! You are not a victim! I don't quit. Hello everyone and welcome back to Radio Karen where you are listening to Girls on Film with Kim and Carenza. This week or last week, I actually it was last week, I watched uh, The Unforgivable uh, on Netflix. and um, That's a movie. 
Yeah, it is a movie and uh, it's a very, very gritty movie um, starring none other than um, wonderful Sandra Bullock who is an Oscar-winning uh, sensation, uh, one of my favourite actresses. So um, it centres around a woman, uh, being Sandra Bullock's character, uh, being released from prison after serving a sentence for murdering a policeman. Uh, and, look, she tries to re-enter a society that just refuses to let her forgive her past. And all, all this character wants to do is try and find her little sister that, that she brought up before she was sent off to jail. Um, and uh, this little girl, I think she was around six years old, uh, was uh, adopted out by another family. And uh, Sandra uh, has one thing on my, in mind when she gets out of prison, and that's to, to go and find her little sister and, and try and take her back. But look, it's a roller coaster. It's an incredibly uh, vulnerable role. And, and I think it's probably Sandra's most intense performance yet. Because um, you're used to her doing comedy, and this is not a comedy at all whatsoever. No, look, she did the blind side, of course, and she's done the Matrix, uh, not the Matrix, sorry, uh, Speed, sorry, Speed, that's the wrong film. Um, and and look, they were they were dramas, but this is a really really intense um, uh, film, and uh, look, very very dark, really. Uh, look, it's incredibly well acted with a depth that just draws you deep into the storyline. Um, a really courageous film. I I, I love this movie. Uh, it was filmed in in Vancouver in in Canada, so um, you know. It, it kind of it, it's not the Canada if you've been to Canada that that you remember because I think they they really wanted it to be a really you know dark dark film um it, look it's it's got an amazing supporting cast um for those of you who don't know Viola Davis is an Oscar-winning actress she was sensational in a supporting role Vincent de Onfurio on you can never say his name right <laughs> Um, he's an Emmy award-winning actor, and John Boy Walton, Carenza. John Boy Walton, indeed. I mean, you know, who can forget the Waltons? Uh, that's Richard Thomas, of course. Um, look, uh, this film was originally announced in two thousand. Sorry, yeah, two thousand and ten. Uh, and it was written specifically for Angelina Jolie to play the role. Was it really? It was. It was. However, she refused to sign on. So it wasn't picked up by another producer until 2019 and they signed up Sandra Bullock. Uh, well, that's really interesting because, I mean, Sandra Bullock plays this role really well. I mean, you can imagine, like, this is a woman who's been sent to jail and we yeah. learn more and more of the backstory throughout the film. But you're right that it's it's about... You know, the fact that society won't accept her back on her release, that mm. she's considered to be a cop killer and therefore scum of the earth. That's you right. see her shunned everywhere. She's driven out of her job mm-hmm. um, and she's public enemy number one. And But the film takes some really interesting twists, doesn't it? And then, you know, it some does. big twists towards the end as well. It's a bit of a thriller as well along the way where you get to actually understand the storyline and what yeah. happened and why she found herself in jail. That's right, that's right. Look, it's based on um, the acclaimed three-part miniseries uh, Unforgiven, which was, I think, released in around 2009. Um, and that that's uh, I think was a, a UK series, so it was that's why it was originally um, supposed to be 2010 because it was written just after that. But with Angela, 
Angelina uh, refusing to sign on. It was kind of put on hold for a while until they sorted out what they wanted to do with it. It would be hard to imagine actually anybody else other than Sandra Bullock doing that film now, having having watched it and having seen it. Because I mm. said, you know, it's unusual to see her play such a dark, dark role. Even in films like um, Speed that you were talking about, mm. it was a completely different role to this. Yeah. You know, there's no makeup. There's none of those things. You know, no. it's it's very um, dark, and you can actually, you know, you see somebody who's really struggling, struggling with herself, struggling with mm. society, struggling for acceptance, struggling with a really big secret yeah. as well, and. Yeah. Um, how everybody feels about that and and you know i suppose the hatred the hatred that the family of the police officer that was killed have mm. for her and in fact really this is a story of vengeance and actually what they want to see happen to the person that killed their father mm-hmm. absolutely and um look it's got uh, an interesting uh, soundtrack. Um, you know, the soundtrack was good, but once again, very, very dark. So I had trouble trying to pick a song from this because the Radiohead did a, a song called Everything in Its Right Place, which, you know, for those of you who like it, I didn't, I don't. Um, I, I prefer J.J. Kale. Uh, I grew up listening to J.J. Kale with my uh, father and, and my mother. Um, so I chose Magnolia, which was a, a really good um track from from this movie so we'll play it after you've rated it kimmy so what are your scores for this this is a movie on netflix right here right now out of five i'm gonna give this one a four as well you're giving a high score kimmy i'm giving high scores today and why are you gonna give why are you giving this a four uh, basically because I think this is Sandra Bullock's best role that I've seen her in and that's a big call because The Blind Side was a great movie um, but I just I just found it was a no-nonsense film and uh, it was just thoroughly well acted by not only her but the supporting cast as well. They were brilliant and, and it just all came together in the end and it, and it was just a really enjoyable film. Yeah, I will, I'm going to give it a four too. I mean, I'm a Sandra Bullock fan. I love um, things that Sandra Bullock and I find her incredibly funny. This is not a comedy at all um but it was gripping and i enjoyed the storyline and i enjoyed the twists and trying to actually process what was happening and you really found yourself rooting for her and her character and Mm. wanting wanting her to find her sister and wanting her to succeed Uh, and i said then that there's a phenomenal twist at the end too which um definitely definitely worth the watch okay so kimmy you've picked magnolia by jj kale um all righty let's have a listen so this is from the soundtrack um to the Unforgivable. I nearly say unforgettable every time. The Unforgivable mm. over on Netflix. You are listening to Radio Caram on a beautiful Sunday afternoon and Girls on Film. If you're the Caramway, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house. Just call Mitchell Tall, Mitchell Tall, real estate. Oh yeah, Mitchell. little real estate. We want more. We done it. One take. Hi, this is Steve Stakos, the Mayor of the City of Kingston, and you're listening to Radio Karam. 
You are listening to Radio Karim and Girls on Film with me, Karen, and my co-host Kim. We're having a lot of fun in the studio today. Four great um, shows and theatre productions that we are reviewing. And we have opened the text line today on 0493 Well, We've got a couple more texts as well there, Kimmy. I've got a text here from Brenna. Brenna said that uh, she actually watched The Unforgiven. Uh, and she'd like to say that she thinks that Sandra Bullock probably would have been better than Angelina Jolie. There you go. Look, I can see Angelina in the role, but I think uh, Sandra uh, pulled it off a lot better than Angelina would have. Terrific. I got a text also by uh, Caroline and she said, love listening to your show. It's fabulous. <laughs> Bring it on. I like those texts. That is awesome. Well, look, the fourth and final show that we are reviewing today, Kimmy, I am so excited. Uh, drum roll. Um, it is the fourth and tragically, very sadly, the final season of the incredible thriller Killing Eve. Let's have a listen to the trailer. Who's bothering you, Belinda? I don't like the way I feel. I killed two people last night after I tried really hard not to. Okay, well, that's not ideal. You shot someone? In the hand. How did it feel? Like you said it would feel. You wanna have sex? Yes. Someone has been killing members of the Twelves. I need you to continue the investigation. You're still playing the same old game of chess. So what game are you playing? What are you doing? Trying to show you I've changed. If you'd really changed, you wouldn't have come here. Oh, if you'd really changed, you wouldn't have led me. Whatever this is, you won't come out of it. Thank God. Do you know that fable about the scorpion and the frog? They hook up? They both die. Because the scorpion can't change its nature. Maybe you are the scorpion. Oh, there you go. The trailer there for season four of Killing Eve, which lands on the 27th of February over on uh, BBC America. And it should drop, I believe, to ABC iView not long after. What's pretty sad for me about this is the third and final, sorry, fourth and final season. And what an incredible storyline um, it has been. Um, it's a BAFTA award winning, Golden Globe award winning. It's cleaned up, Kim. It's won everything everywhere. Now it stars the incredible Sandra Oh as Eve Palaustri. Mm -hmm. who is a bored MI5 agent um, 
sort of twiddling her thumbs um, working in London for the MI5 and Jodie Cormer, British actress who plays um, codename Villanelle, uh, the an assassin funnily enough and um, what we see is this cat and mouse game as um, both of the women become equally obsessed with each other so there have been three seasons so far and they have been exceptional and um, it's a brilliant cast so we also have Fiona Shaw um, brilliant British actress um, who plays uh, Caroline who is the boss if you like um, the boss of um, Eve Palastri so she's Eve's boss and um, there's, there's a top boss in um, MI5 and what they are trying to do is track down who, and find out who is Villanelle and who is this mysterious organisation called the 12 mm-hmm. that she is working for now each of the seasons 1, 2 and 3 have ended in cliffhangers at the end of season 1 we saw um, 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 a stabbing at the end of season yes, two, we, we saw did. a shooting, and at the end of season three, and again, as I said, it's um, even Villanelle, you know, have become completely obsessed with each other. We see them um, having left each other in total turmoil on Tower Bridge in London at the end of season three. And so season four um, is about them trying to figure out what they mean to each other and what their lives stand for. Now, each season, there's a different executive producer. So the first season was, of course, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, don't you love her? Yes. I, I loved her in Fleabag. Or Brilliant. She wrote Fleabag She wrote well, Fleabag yeah. and wrote the first season. And, and she starred in it. Correct. And she passed and passed on the baton for season two, season three. Now, the writer for season four is um, Sally Woodward Gentle, who is part of the Sex Education franchise. And that's oh, a show that we will yeah. have to review in a few series as well now what she says is well now Caroline who is Eve's boss we saw at the end of season three that she shoots a man in cold blood actually her boss she kills her boss shoots him in cold blood she's trying to find out who is responsible for the hit on her son Kenny who Mm. dies at the beginning of season three these are MI5 aren't they MI5 MI5. they are the MI5 they're the goodies in inverted commas Um, so for Caroline this is going to be very 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 personal so we ended ended season three um, you know as I said this cat and mouse game between um, Villanelle and Eve, mm. and um, it's it's a it's kind of a dark comedy, you know. So you 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 find some of the some of the scenes really funny. Some of them are quite shocking, um, and and you know there are lots of different murders because you know Villanelle is an assassin, and you know Eve's goal is to find her at all costs. But Eve gives up and loses everything along the way, including her own husband uh, Nico Palastri, uh, and we see an incredible uh, scene in season three where. Um, Villanelle's uh, uh, handler tries to um, inflict perhaps more hurt and pain, I think, on um, Eve. That's right. And well, so I never thought I'd fall in love with an assassin. <laughs> I mean, is just superb. Jodie Comer, uh, brilliant. Brilliant acting. And I think this, the storyline, what's really interesting in the storyline is the the lines between each of them become more and more blurred. And it's actually hard to work out who really is the killer and the assassin as Eve Palastri crosses mm. line after line after line. And in fact, at the end of season three, we, we, there is a scene where Villanelle's handler is killed. And so it's unclear who kills her, whether it's Villanelle or Eve, because mm-hmm. we actually see Dasha being hit by the golf club by Villanelle. And then only for minutes later, Eve to stumble upon her and um, knowing what she's done to Nico, stand on her. 
um, and also tried to kill her. And then at the end of that season, she um, actually passes away, dies in hospital. Don't give away too much. No, I'm not, because that's a mini. That's a mini plot line, <laughs> Kimmy. So in season four, there are a number of things that you know I would like to see um, resolved. So we know at the end of season three, Constantin, who is mm. um, Villanelle's original handler, has stolen money from the 12. Well, he's a brilliant character, actually. Brilliant Very character. underrated. Yeah, Constantin. So he's about to do a runner uh, with his daughter and take Villanelle with him. Mm. So will Villanelle go? What will happen there? Um, Villanelle and Eve on the bridge, as they turn to walk away from each other, can each of them give up the obsession that they have? Will Eve let Villanelle go? Um, or will she try mm. to continue to find out more about the 12 um, and follow her? Uh, even further and will Eve go even further I guess down this really dark path that she's gone down and then as for um, uh, Caroline who's played by Fiona Shaw as I said you know she's lost a lot of things including her son who um, dies in um, in season three and as I said she shoots at the end of season three her boss in cold blood it was either her boss or Constantin who was she going to kill mm. will she forgive Constantin or not because Constantin has told her that he was there when Kenny died and Kenny died by accident, Kim, he said that he backed away and mm-hmm. fell over the side of the building. You know, it's now personal for her. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show. Phenomenally well acted. Um, thrilling, 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 thrilling. And Jodie Comer, I mean, she learned foreign languages uh, that Villanelle spoke during those um, those that series. Did she? Uh, yeah, and, and she learned them by phonetically writing them out from a tape recorder and reading them out aloud. And... Um, on one show, I think it was only a few weeks ago, I was watching a rerun of the Graham Norton show and I heard her say that her favourite language was Italian. But I believe she's learnt those uh, those uh, languages in order to, um, you know, get the best out of the character. Another thing, another little bit of trivia... In order to get herself in that psychotic mood... Because <laughs> she psychot- plays a brilliant psychotic uh, character. Yeah, absolutely off, off the planet. Um, she would listen... Um, on repeat to the Swedish electronic band Little Dragon. So that would get her in into the mood. Oh, get her into the zone. Yeah. So I'm go. looking forward to listening to some of their music and uh, seeing what kind of music it actually is. Well, I think what's really exciting about this show is it is on free-to-air television, so it always lands first on mm-hmm. uh, iView, on the ABC iView. So the expectation is that as it lands on BBC America um, and ABC, because it's a collaboration between the BBC mm-hmm. and the ABC in America, that it will then land over here. So um, fans of Killing Eve, and I'm definitely one of those, um, we should have our fingers crossed that Villanelle and Eve will be back on our screens, hopefully not long after the 27th of February mm-hmm. Kimmy so look I am a huge fan of this show I can't wait to see the grand finale the final season I've loved sex education so I think that the um, the, the show front runner for this one is going to write some great stuff because that's a very funny um, poignant kind of show too so mm-hmm. I think it'll be really in keeping with the theme here I'm giving it a well and truly a five out of five yeah look I don't think I would have given anything a five other than Game of Thrones however Ooh. I'm going to give Killing Eve a five. No, you, you're surely going, not, Kimmy. I am, no, I, am. Yes. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's the only show, unless you know something amazing's brought to me. I, um, I don't think I'd ever give another five. You've been listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Karam. Kimmy, what a great show and some great shows that we've reviewed. Absolutely. Time flies when you're having fun. I can't believe an hour's up already. I can't believe either. So I'm going to go now. So we saw um, four different shows. We had Jagged Little Pill. Uh, we watched The Unforgivable over on Netflix. The 
White Lotus on Binge and Killing Eve on ABC iView. Now, first place, scoring 10 out of 10, Kim, this is the highest score we've ever given, was Killing Eve. Yeah, undeniably one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. And then uh, in its second place, whoa, the theatre production of Jagged Little Pill with a nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, and that was a really unexpected, um, you know, show for me. I, I went along thinking, oh, yeah, I'll go along because I love the theatre and I'll see anything that opens. Uh, yeah, I'll go to the opening of an envelope, really. <laughs> so I um, went along with I had no expectations and I was pleasantly surprised. It was brilliant. Uh, yes, and for me, I went in with no expectations too and I was completely blown away. Um, stunning theatre, gripping, um, confronting, um, difficult at times to watch. And it's still on. So as Molly would say, do yourself a favour and get out there and see it. And then the next two tied. So The Unforgivable and White Lotus. So The Unforgivable over on Netflix starring Sandra Bullock. We gave it an eight. Yeah, great show as well. Great film. Good film to watch. And The White Lotus over on Binge, we also gave it an 8 out of 10. I love that show. It was so quirky. It was very, very, very quirky. And you know what? It's one of those uh, series that you just never want to end. And you just want it to keep going. You could sit up all night and watch the whole lot. We'll be having a season two. I know. I know, which is great because it was only ever um, in designed to, to, for, for a, as a miniseries, um, a limited series. So you have been listening to Girls on Film. So as we said, get out there, go and watch those shows and those movies. They are sensational, highly recommended by both Kim and I. Great to have you this afternoon on Radio Karen. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Girls on Film where we have some more really awesome shows to review. 